You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve, and we're a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And this week, returning once again, Chris and Brad. Hello. Hello. Brad, I hear your wife loves the film we're going to be reviewing this week. Oh, yeah. She's like, if this comes across like any evidence that you bought this or it comes across any streaming service, she's like, you're out of the house. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> And Chris, uh, your girl, this is her, her first time ever watching this film we're about to review. Yeah. Yeah, she liked it. She enjoyed it. Well, that's good. That, that this tells you like yeah, two vastly different. Vastly different opinions on this. <laughs> one of them was terrified by it as a child. The other one uh, just watched it. And one of us might still be terrified. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife, uh, she looked at it and she's like, I've never seen that. And I'm like, well, yeah, your parents would never let you watch this. And she's like, did your parents? And I'm like, oh, God, yeah, my grandma owned this. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> Muppets, he'll love this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's get into this. We watched The Dark Crystal, or should I say jim henson's the dark crystal this 1983 release what a film people's opinions on this is pretty dramatic uh some people love it you know grew up with it nostalgia love the fantasy and other people are like nope that's nightmare feel ain't touching it yeah my son's terrified of it (laughs) you know and he's probably right because i think i watched this as a kid and i repressed it all that time up to now and um after watching this, I never want to see this thing again. Oh, wow. No. I watched it all the time as a kid. I loved it. So here we go. Let's listen to the trailer. Actually, I'm sorry. Let's listen to the TV spot for this because the trailer had way too much music. And I'm like, mm, that's going to get flagged. <laughs> so let's go with the TV spot for the Dark Crystal. In a mystical world of good and evil. In a wondrous realm of fantasy and adventure. Journey to another time. Another place. Join in the struggle to possess the Dark Crystal. Rated PG. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Check newspapers for local details. Rated PG. Yeah, just because it's only because it's 1983. <laughs> there was no yeah. other thing you could give it, I guess. But I, I, oh man, I would definitely go strong PG 13. Marketed as a family movie. Yeah, I mean, PG 13, you know, didn't come in until, uh, uh, yeah, later, you know, Gremlins and, uh, uh, Temple of Doom. So, <laughs> and partially because of this movie. Oh, uh, I'm sure this one probably helped, you know, build momentum because I, I know a lot of mothers and probably fathers because, you know, they had so many nightmares with their kids were kind of pissed at this. The Last Unicorn, Secret of Nim. Oh, yeah, those are two good ones. Yeah. Uh, somewhere around there, the Black Cauldron, right? Yeah. I mean, we reviewed the Black Cauldron back in the day and that whole like melting scene. 
it's pretty messed up. So, I mean, even Indiana Jones, you know, the first Indiana Jones with the whole melting face and everything. I mean, parents are kind of like, come on, can we uh, get a little warning here before we bring our kids? Now, obviously, this is much worse than Indiana Jones, but <laughs> when it comes to scaring children, they're puppets. <laughs> yeah, well, those are some scary ass skexies. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, man. Uh, let's get into the details on this. Directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz. I don't know which scenes are directed by either. I assume Frank Oz probably took over when Jim Henson, you know, had to go take care of the Muppets or something. I don't know. Sorry to interrupt here, but I think some of those scenes, they definitely they definitely sound, they look and feel a lot like scenes from Star Wars. Certain spots in this movie. I don't remember who it was, but one of the critics back in the day basically called this a Star Wars ripoff. I thought that was a little much I'm like, a ripoff, but I see what you're saying. OK, no more on yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> no more. I have plenty of things to say when we get going in the movie here. All right. Screenplay by David Odell. Uh, he had worked with the Muppets before, you know, the Muppet show. Um, I, but what I found fascinating in his credits was he wrote Supergirl and Masters of the Universe. Nice. Yeah, this dude uh, wrote a lot of shit that I watched. Maybe not Supergirl, but definitely Masters of the Universe. Very underrated. Story by Jim Henson, uh, which is funny because he originally came up with the 25 page story for this when he was like snowed in. Well, that's a good that's a good way to spend your time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the story dramatically changed, but still, I mean, to get a rough draft going, it's pretty good. I guess he had had this in his mind for a long time. He's got a dark, dark mind. <laughs> he started it a little bit was inspired by the stuff that they used to do on Saturday Night Live when they were doing the land of grouch on the first season. Do you guys remember that at all? Have you ever no. watched? I have never yeah. seen that. So there was like a little skit that they would do with Muppets, like a fantasy skit they would do with Muppets um, in the first season. And the reason I remember is. Long time ago, I think when they were coming out with a bunch of them on DVD, I re I watched the entire first season because I had never seen it. And it's crazy how much the show has changed. But when these Muppets came on and I'm watching this, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> You're having a fever dream. Yeah, I was like, what? Uh, it's crazy. Uh. I mean, the, the, Jim Henson's influence to this day is still just all over the place. His fingerprints are just on so many things. You got the Muppets, you've got Sesame Street, which I think was a spinoff from the Muppets, right? They used to have a little crossover with like uh, Kermit the Frog going on there. And then you got this. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. That'd be interesting which one came first, the Muppets or Sesame Street. But uh, yeah, I think it was the Muppets and Kermit and everything, then Sesame Street. I don't know. Let's see here. We've got produced by Jim Hensman and Gary Hertz. Uh, Gary Hertz, Kurtz. I'm sorry, Gary Kurtz. You'll remember from Star Wars. I mean, this guy's produced a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff from our childhoods too. distributed by Universal Pictures, which Chris, you watched the Thorn release of this from 83. Yeah. So did you notice that? No, I didn't really notice the beginning. I just talking to the girlfriend before the movie started. Ah, yeah. I just thought it was interesting because Universal Pictures, uh, it, it's now streaming on HBO. And that's where I watched it. I watched it on HBO Max, yeah. Yeah, and they, they do a lot of Universal releases, almost all of them. So, like the Jurassic Parks and stuff. So It, it used to be on Netflix for a long time. 
Yeah, and of course, Netflix now has the show that they did a few years back. Uh, so, yeah, that's interesting, the rights on this. The show was good. Did you watch it? Oh, the show was amazing. Yeah, I liked it a lot. The show really improved a lot of the problems with the movie. Uh, number one being the Skeksis are terrifying. <laughs> Guess what? I still ain't watching it. Uh, oh, it's good. It's really good. It's sad that they, you know, it was too expensive and Netflix like deemed it like mm, we're not going to do it. I kind of understand when I read their point of view from it. It makes sense. But still, as a fan, I'm like, come on. Yeah, I'm going to go back and rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about that the whole time while watching this. I'm like, I think I'm going to I'm going to watch this show again because uh, it's a prequel. So it kind of tells a story on this, but. We've got uh, released December 17th, 1982. So that's definitely like a counter release to uh, Christmas films. Hey, uh, you tired of the big red jolly man making you happy? How about the Skeksis like terrifying you? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's some happiness in this world, I think, somewhat, a little bit. At the end. Yeah, sure. Yeah, possibly. I wasn't happy. <laughs> you just have to make it through all the darkness before you get to it. <laughs> A uh, budget of twenty five million and a box office of forty one point four million, forty one point four million. So it it made money, but it could never get a sequel going. Uh, a lot of reasons why on that. Yeah, but, uh, and I would think yeah. yeah, if you're Jim Henson, it's like your time is worth so much money. It's like you're probably not going to get greenlit for a sequel if it's only going to make that kind of profit. Everything else you do is probably so so uh, effective, so uh, lucrative. Yeah, that was part of it. He was too busy. The first sequel that they had going kind of like caved in because uh, investors, I guess, got a little like queasy about it. They're like, I don't know if we're going to do this again. And really, it's the same thing with Netflix. Who is this for other than like nostalgia people? Because when you do a fantasy full length movie or series, it doesn't fully like commit to children and it doesn't fully commit to adults. I don't think my parents would have bought the sequel. <laughs> they bought this. I watched it, but I'm sure they wanted to bought a sequel. And I was looking at the Netflix. I was actually listening to a podcast about the Netflix business model and it's, they're pretty close to the vest in a lot of things, but they don't pay out royalties. Um, so they pay for everything up front and then expect it to make a profit in the long run. And you're looking at the, I did look up the, the cast and the crew of the uh, that Age of Resistance on Netflix, and it's pretty formidable casting names. You got like Mark Hamill, and um, oh, geez, just a number of other people. But you throw Mark Hamill in there, that's legit. And you got like the guy who did Elmo, like working on the puppets and stuff. So again, that doesn't come cheap. No, they that's pretty much what they said is like it was too expensive for something they can spend a lot less for and get the same amount of numbers. It would have had to be a passion project from someone in Netflix. It's the only way it could work. And I just don't think anyone was passionate about it because it was a huge disappointment for Netflix. They were very public about it. They're like, this thing didn't pull in the numbers anywhere as high as we thought. Yeah, I've seen people were watching it, but it's like a, a small group of people were super excited about it. Because when I went to the San Diego Comic-Con in 2019, they had an entire like dark crystal room and they were pushing the marketing on that and it was jam packed. But outside of like some of those core nerds that grew up with it, there were no young kids in it. Like I said, my son's terrified. He grew yeah. up watching it cause I had it. 
And now he was like, I'm not going to watch that. He's 15. <laughs> you raised him right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, after that, let's pop this tape in. Now available on video and DVD. We've got some trailers on the 1999 slipcover of this. <laughs> so it started out with Stuart Little. And the only thing I find interesting in this trailer, because I didn't watch the film, I've never seen it, was apparently this is the first live action film to star a 3D character. In clothing. Yeah, I heard them say that too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? It's the first time clothes have been clothes have been a 3D animated. I like well, I mean, clothes have been 3D animated before this. What they said. I know. I was, I don't know. I, I just, I didn't go back and re-listen to it. I'm like, wait, what? And then I tried to think, and I was like, well, this came out the same year as Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. So, but Jar Jar Binks wasn't the star. That's, I was like, this might be a technicality thing. He was the star. Yeah, who, oh, are, you, yeah. who oh, are you kidding here? I yeah. still go with that Sith Lord Jar Jar theory. I hope so. I wish someone would do it. I, you're just like, fuck it. Disney's, I mean, they do all the other shit. Why not? You know, speaking yeah. of Jar Jar Binks, one of the characters later on kind of sounds like him. Like an Italian Jar Jar Binks. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Come with me. I can't <laughs> wait to hear that. Uh, the nuttiest nutcracker. Uh, is next, and I'm I'm getting a lot of Veggie Tales vibes off that one. That's what I asked. <laughs> yeah, and then it, it reminded me of Sausage Party. Like that's probably where they got the idea for it. I hope so. It looks just as <laughs> shitty. Oh, that's great. Next is Muppets from Space. This is the. I'm trying to think. I think this was the first Muppets movie that was made after Jim Henson died. I think. I'm going to have no idea. I have. I don't remember that one at all. Yeah, I don't think. I think it was one of the worst performing ones ever in the theater. I didn't know he died till a long time after he died. Yeah, he died right after uh, Turtles came out in like, what, 91? I think mm. it was. That sounds about right. Because he was all like, oh, I'm not proud of this movie. It's got too much violence in it. Then he died. And I was like, see, Jim Henson, you're a genius. But don't you ever bash the Turtles. Uh, <laughs> they come out victorious no matter what yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like sorry so the muppets, jim yeah so the muppets kind of went in front of they kind of were down for a while then jason siegel got the idea to bring them back up and that uh the muppets kind of reboot which was not well, pretty i thought it was pretty decent yeah i actually saw that one in theater because i was a yeah, huge I muppets saw it fan with my, my wife before she was my wife so I saw it with a friend because I, I was I was alone then. Actually, I don't even know what year that came out. I could have had a girl there. I don't remember. I just remember liking the film. I thought I was like in high school when that came out still. So like before 2003. Oh, no. This, Am like, I thinking of out... a different one? Oh, you have to be because 2003 yeah, obviously. is like, I don't know. Anyone got the Muppet movies pulled up? All <laughs> yeah, we should know. have done that. The only, yeah, the only misgiving I have about that movie is like Walter being promoted to like the main cast and not having to earn it. He just kind of gets put up there. And it's like you didn't earn it, bro. And you don't know what he did behind stage. <laughs> Good point. It's Hollywood. You can earn it in many ways, even if you're a puppet. You want to make it in this town, baby? You got to do some things. <laughs> Oh, that's fucked up. 2011 is when the the Muppets came out, like the the huh. rebranding of them. Yeah, I'm a moron. Say. 
Oh, I'm a moron too. Muppet Treasure Island came out in 96 and I love that one. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So it looks like the Muppet Christmas Carol came out in 92. That was after Jim Henson, but I imagine Jim Henson probably had some say in that before he died. And then, and then Muppet Treasure Island Muppets from space, but Muppets from space did terrible. I do know that. I liked it as a kid. I owned it. That's one I watched a lot. I mean, Chris, I'll be honest. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I mean, when you're a child, you uh, don't choose what movies end up at your house. No, they just you arrive. You find some in a cabinet next to your parents' bed. You know, you find some under the TV in the living room. You know, they're just everywhere. Uh, and then we get like just one after another of now available in home video. The Muppets Take Manhattan. The Great Muppet Caper. The Muppet Movie. <laughs> I, I noticed they went in like reverse order because the Muppets take Manhattan's like the third movie, the great capers second. And then the Muppet movie you know, is the first. I was like, nice. that's odd. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're all good. It made, it made me really happy watching those. No, oh, I love them. Kermit's like, come on, let's go. And then he just wiggles. <laughs> Big bird makes it, makes kind of a cameo in one. I'm like, yeah, fucking Big bird. <laughs> I don't remember the great Muppet caper as much, but the Muppets take Manhattan and the Muppet movie. Oof, I watched those a lot. All right. And then we had a uh, bear in the big blue house. I have no idea what this is. Yeah, uh, it was a kid's show. It, it was done pretty well. It reminded me a lot of uh, Eureka's castle, okay. you know, the dragon. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much like the same character except a bear. And he's really nice, but it was done well. And then uh, the wobbless world of Dr. Seuss. I'd never seen this either. That was on Fox. Yeah. Yeah, it was on Fox. I remember seeing it, but I didn't watch it. And then we had Stay Tuned for behind the scenes after the movie. Did nope. you have have that? Oh, yeah. I watched the entire featurette. I was sucked it's in. It's not there. on mine. I was hoping it was. Uh, Wait, the Thorn one? Yeah, I didn't have anything. at the After oh. the end credits, it just white screen. Yeah. No, I mean, this was like a special inside of the VHS and it's a heavy VHS, the 99 release, because it's got so much on there. Sorry to break break in here. I just kind of had a thought here. Thorn EMI, that's the same company that released Highlander, wasn't it? I think, yeah, because see, Thorn came out very, very early in the VHS world and they had like the the hard um, case, kind of like Sega games, except they're white. Yeah, I thought it was like a, a recase at first. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, so again, this is the beginning. So I actually think these make more sense. That's why rental markets went with them and they did the cut boxes because, you know, they last kind of like Sega games. Their covers last, mm-hmm. unlike Nintendo and Super Nintendo, where your boxes got destroyed immediately and then just thrown in the trash. Yeah, I think this was smart, but I think they were just probably too much uh to produce and then thor e- thorn emi got bought out by hbo video and then i think canon bought some of the rights distribution rights that they had or something because uh, i saw canon's name float and the story behind thorn e- uh, emi it's got i've got actually a lot of the thorns uh i don't know how many there are but there are a few that i don't have because they're really expensive yeah, I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars on a movie just because it has Thorn EMI video on it. <laughs> and yeah, and they're saying that they might be coming to the end of their life. So I was like, uh, 
some of those that are reaching that price, do you really want to spend and not have it in the next two years? Just sits on your shelf. Yeah, I uh, man, I really hope they don't just die because there's going to be a lot of sad people. Mm-hmm. I think the ones in the 90s, though, are going to last a lot longer. They're just a lot better quality. These ones in the 80s. Yeesh. I mean, this one, I could, it was dark. There's no doubt. But almost all of these from the early to mid 80s are pretty dark. Yeah, mine's just dark and has a hum the whole time. It oh, yeah. Great other than that. <laughs> the hum on these. All right. Let's get into this movie. And now, our feature presentation. On the planet Thra. How do you spell that? How do you say this? Thra? Right, that's how I take it. Audio wasn't great on mine. Uh, two races appeared when a shard from the Crystal of Truth broke off. The Cruel Skeksis and the Gentle Mystics. I was like, ooh, thanks for the storytelling there. And now I know what's going on. Uh, we've been getting so many of these monologues. Like just voiceovers uh, explaining the stories to us because we just did the Highlanders and now we get the Dark Crystal and I just crack up. Like I I hope we get it for every movie ever. It just makes it so much easier. You just know what's going on. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you do know I'm an idiot. Now, thank you. Uh, now I know what's well, going you, you on. You got to have some kind of like, yeah, you got to have some of the warm up there. Like Star Wars is just classic of doing that. You know, it's like yeah. you can start up a new movie and like fill you in on the details of what's leading up to it uh, yeah so. you can just jump in at any point i, I mean it works uh i mean star wars just did it so you know unique that everyone remembers it but the re- most places just like put some text over it and then have you know sean connery read it not star mm-hmm. wars <laughs> with this this starts with uh both of these great leaders dying which well, was yeah yeah which was very vile i mean it's like the skexies i've just like there's some kind of crocodile vulture looking crossover thing. And it just plays on every instinctual fear you have as a life form from planet earth going back about 3 billion years. I mean, that is just what great design. Yeah. I love the Skaxis. I think they look awesome. They look amazing. Yeah. I drew a lot of these like growing up, just trying to always copy the Skeksis. Like I never drawed, you know, like one of the mystics and it was all Skeksis. It's like these. So yeah, they're terrible. Skeksis are terrifying by design. And you know, the mystics are supposed to be all playful and cuddly, but they're, to me, they're terrifying too. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust these things, man. They're always going to hug me with all his arms. Oh, they're so, Oh, and they just float right barely over the ground, you know? They they don't look quite they don't, they look like they should be on all fours, but yet they're still just walking on two legs. Real slow. They look like that guy on the cover of all the romance novels. I cannot remember his name. Fabio? Fabio. Yeah. Just imagine their hair blowing in the wind. That's why I like Chris on this podcast. Every every movie we do, he's always going to have some reference to something like that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I never. It's something that comes and it's like a left hook out of nowhere. It's just like. I might be an idiot, but I've watched a lot of things. <laughs> I can't read. I would have never thought of, I would have never thought of that in a thousand years that they look like Fabio. <laughs> Please tell me you said that in the middle of the movie. Hey, you no. know, uh, these mystics, is it me or does this look like Fabio? <laughs> uh, I mean, look at the cover. He's standing over the witch. You can just imagine his hair blowing. <laughs> well, he looks like Fraggle Rock. They're the ones who look yeah, most and- like Fraggle Rock to me. But I don't see Fabio other than and the, the, hair. the the pod links. That's what I'm talking about, the hair and yeah. the dumb face. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, like when the Skeksis dies, everything makes sense. You know, you got two people who do like the stone challenge to see who's going to be the new emperor. Or I was like, okay, that makes sense and everything like that. But when the mystic like calls Jen over and dies, the one thing he says that pisses me off, he's like, I should have told you about the charmed a long time ago. No shit. He's the one who's supposed to do everything and he knows nothing. You guys totally did not set him up for success, you know, and I got a lot of a lot of Star Wars vibes. There's a lot of Luke Skywalker Yoda vibes going on there. That's my problem with it. He acts like he doesn't know anything, but he tells them exactly what to do. He's like, find yeah. the, the shard, repair the crystal. He's like, I got the shard. What am I supposed to do with it? And by the way, if you don't do this, we're all dead. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? That's not, no, that is a bad grandpa. Bad grandpa. You know, yeah. So then they get into the battle. They start hitting that stone. And it's like, this is really appropriate for a five-year-old to see. Hey, they weren't hitting each other. That's true. They were just hitting a stone. So go out, yeah. go outside and hit a tree. Yeah, go whack a tree with a stick. The loser basically gets like, Almost gang raped by the other ones. I mean, that's not. Ugh. Yeah, I think you you have some repressed trauma. Yeah, you are throwing at this movie. <laughs> I was like, I didn't see gang rape coming at all. No, I, I seen like... I seen them tearing apart like his his uniform and making him like uh, lose his position. The Chamberlain. He lost all his treasures. Yeah. Yeah. They're... He starts later on in the movie. Starts talking like Jar Jar Binks, like an Italian Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> he always did. He's like, ah, it's my plan. Ah. Maybe George Lucas watched this and he goes, I need someone who sounds like that, but Jamaican. (laughs) Maybe that's where you got the Sith Lord idea. Yeah, that's right. Sounds like an idiot, but he's actually evil. Oh, I love Jamaican Sith Lord. Uh, Just go with it. Come on, Disney. Throw that hat into the circle. Let's go with this. Uh, yeah, so I, I got some of the uh, if you if none of you actually want to watch this film um, and have a lot of repressed memories like Brad, uh, I got the master right here uh, talking to Jed. I don't understand. Mark well this crystal shard. A guilt ring must restore it to its rightful place and heal the wound of the dark crystal. I bet, Brad, did you have subtitles on this? I watched it with subtitles, yeah. Yeah, good for you, because like some of the shit that this uh, this dying uh, master was saying, I was like, what? That That's what I was going to say. If any of us don't have the VHS, make sure you put subtitles on. Yeah. For any movie. And after they simultaneously both die, it took me like the whole movie to figure this out. That's like, oh, when one dies, the his counterpart on the other dies. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, if these Skeksis are such a problem, just murder all the murder all the um, the mystics and problem solved. That's what I thought. I was like, <laughs> wouldn't you just kill yourself? If you knew you were connected, just kill yourself and it's over. No, I love how Brad just goes. I thought he was going to say, just go kill all the Skeksis. But he goes, no, no, just kill the like innocent like <laughs> mystics. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They could have killed themselves. Well, yeah. Like, or or had other people do it. And then it would have been done. We're, we're thinking the same, Brad. I thought that too. Sometimes it's dirty, but it's like, would have solved a lot of problems. You guys are both twisted on this. <laughs> I wasn't I saying murder them. 
I, I was just like murder the Skeksis because they're bad. But I love but how then both you're going to kill like, the mystics. Nah. It's going to be easier to kill the mystics. Well, yeah, but guys, you got to go on this adventure and a journey and you got to challenge yourself. The nah, fuck, fuck you it. do. <laughs> oh, man, I am never going to jump into a fantasy I'm make it fair. I don't want to make it fair. I want to win. <laughs> yeah. Did you see those beetles? Oh, those crab things? Those yeah. crabs? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that, I, that, I have nightmares about that to this day. <laughs> yeah, and those suits almost killed those actors in it because they were like 70-something pounds. Oh, nice. And they were so hot, they had to actually hang them up. You know, like you hang your clothes, yeah. they had to hang them up like every once in a while so they could rest. I, I like how you can see their feet under it, just skittering around. Well, speaking of this, so I was watching the VHS and I could totally see the strings that were keeping up those like horse things mm-hmm. that they're riding at one point. But we'll get into that. Yeah, I thought that was funny. I was like, I can see the strings. I could. I, I get so excited when I can see the strings on these things. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the uh, Skeksis end up finding out that uh, a Gelfling because they tried to kill all the Gelflings because the Gelfling is in the prophecy is going to, you know, Put the shard in the crystal of truth and yeah, they're smart. They're proactive. Yeah, they killed all of them. Well, they didn't because uh, in this movie, unlike Terminator Two, your your destiny is is, is set in stone. <laughs> there is no changing it. Uh, and so the two, the uh, Jen goes to meet with Agra, who is. Probably, I mean, other than Chamberlain, Agra is probably my favorite character. You mean Gross Yoda? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I just love when they he gets trapped and she goes to see him. She pulls her eye out as a periscope. Yeah. And then it zooms away and it's one foot above her head and then she pops it back in. It's like you were right there. You could just look at him. <laughs> I just love this character. Uh, and another like awesome thing about it is, is behind the scenes, Frank Oz was doing her voice, you know, just mm-hmm. so the other puppets and actors and stuff could react. And he sounds hilarious because he's doing like an older woman like this. He's like, ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> oh, it's like, it does sound like some kind of like Karen Yoda. Take like, no, it to it, 11 too. It was like an old dirty Jewish Yoda. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on with this voice? I couldn't figure out what he was trying to do. I was like, there was a little bit of coffee talk in it. You know what I mean? But then like totally like like Yoda. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. You'd have to go watch this feature ad. And I'm like, what the fuck? Thank God they didn't go with that voice. <laughs> it's like Yoda on cocaine. <laughs> it's great. Oh, I don't know. It was hilarious. Uh, yeah, I love her. I got some of her right here. Actually, you know what? She explains what's going on so much better than the master. Now, to his credit, he was dying, you know, so I understand. But she's like, no, this is what you got to do. Just go do it. What's wrong with you? Uh, here we go. A thousand years ago, there was a great conjunction. I was there. Three sons lined up. That's when the crystal cracked. That's when the Skeksis appeared. And the mystics. Another great conjunction coming up. Anything could happen. The whole world might burn up. End of Ogre. Better have your shard before that, Gelfling. 
I love how she da 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 da. Yeah, she's a good character. Yeah, I know, love her. You know, I'm thinking she could have used her engineering skill to basically arm the Mystics and the Gelflings and just contain or annihilate the Skeksis threat too. But of course, she didn't. No, well, and I think the Mystics too. Like they have all this magic, they just don't do anything. They're like the most annoying people. Like they're like the allies next to you. You're like, what? You have an atomic bomb. Just hit them so we can stop this war. No, we cannot. It's like an we'll NPC that's with you in D&D that does nothing. It's like, are you going to take your turn ever? Same thing with the Watchers that were in comic books. It's like they see mm-hmm. everything. They know everything that's going to happen that will happen. They're like, what the hell, dude? Help us out. No, we are here to only watch. Ah, fuck you guys. I remember getting always pissed about that. Like when you have super powerful people, you know, in comic books or movies and they do nothing because they're they're moral high ground. I'm like, ah, I would kill the Skeksis, you know, not the mystics or have them commit suicide. But that's where I draw the line. I'm like, nah, you guys could just end wars. Assholes. Anyway, uh, so, you know, the crab monsters are sent after them. They destroy Agra's house and capture her. But uh, we see that Chamberlain stops the crab monsters. And then we kind of get this like, oh, he's going to do something. And then Jen meets uh, Kira. And they like swap dream stories. I don't yeah, understand this. I, I, I saw that and I'm like, ooh, this might be a big mistake there, bro. <laughs> don't let her see too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I can never figure out is how old is Jen and this girl? Like, I don't. They seem young. I know, but like they kind of like he seems like a child. He's almost useless. Kara. He is annoying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like one of the biggest problems in this movie for me is Jen sucks. Yeah, Jen is awful. I'm surprised you made it that far because you're watching that swamp kind of lead into. It's like you can't walk more than two feet without something killing you. It's just a death trap. But it climbs an entire mountain like to get to the witch. Well, he's he's a good athlete. Uh, we'll, we'll give him that. He's, he's on the hero's journey. Yeah, but he's 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 a dumbass when it comes to everything else. If it wasn't for Kira, yeah, he would have been eaten. Yeah. And, and then Kira's got that like critter Muppet. I don't know. Is he like a yeah, that's Chewbacca? Like what was it? Is he supposed the, to be like a Chewbacca or something? Fizzgig? Uh, well, he wasn't in the original story. Frank Oz uh, added him because... He th- he felt that Kira needed to show that, you know, she was affectionate and she was caring and everything like that. So he gave her this animal as like something to show, you know, and interact with. But as soon as that thing came on, I was like, critter. What? We got a critter here. That's what I thought. He's got teeth in his throat. It does roll around like a critter. Yeah. Yeah. So that was I mean. I still think the dream fast thing is weird, but uh, what I really think is messed up is wherever Jen goes, fucked up shit happens because she takes him to the to the potato people, the podlings, uh, the podlings, podlings. Yeah, I wrote something down about that. What did I say about the podlings? They were just kind of like gross, little horny, alcoholic Ewoks in a way. <laughs> oh, mine was Lily thought they were really adorable. <laughs> I just called them potato people. I like them. They made me happy. They were just drinking and playing music and having fun. Oh, yeah. They totally were like hobbits. They just like living off the land. And then they get slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Jen, like they see that crystal bat. He shoots it with his little 
whatever that little weapon he had there. And they're like, oh, it's fine. He didn't see us. And the bat sees him, of course. And they just lead him right to the Ewoks or, or the uh, podlings. And the podlings basically get like wiped out, that whole village. And it condemns like dozens of them to like a life of just slavery. But they get hit all the time, she says. She's like, yeah. oh, that's not the first time. That's where they get all the slaves and everything from. But that's not going to like hang with Brad and I's narrative of gin sucks because of this. So we're just going to go with that. <laughs> That's just like Still, Fox yeah. News. We hear what we want to. <laughs> was another part too where they bring out the slaves. I'm like, oh no, no, don't. I don't want to see this. No. And then, oh, it's just, just vile, disgusting, terrible. I just love how they, they get on these. I, I have no idea what they're called. Uh, I don't know, like stick horses oh the land striders yeah the land thing. Striders, that, yeah. that chamberlain was like talking to him and why didn't get this land striders to just stomp the shit out of that chamberlain what was he gonna do Ah, oh, that's right yeah i actually have the clip this is one of my favorites of chamberlain when they find like the old gelfling village ruins mm-hmm. and they're like mm-hmm. kind of figuring out what happened and everything like that and then chamberlain comes along he's like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You said, want to come with me? Uh. I don't know. How did you get that? That's like Mario. Yeah. It doesn't sound like Mario. <laughs> I wrote it sounds projecting. like an Italian, Italian Jar Jar Binks here. All right. Let's let everyone out there in podcast land, uh, you, you decide. What does he sound like? Here we go. Prophecy. Jim, stay. Stay. No, stay. Stay and friend. <laughs> Stay, M friend. Prophecy. Prophecy caused all this trouble. That prophecy? Yes. That's why Skeksis killed Gelfling? Yes, yes. Bad mistake. Skeksis afraid. Fear Gelfling. But you're Skeksis. But I am friend. Save you from Garthim. Why? Don't listen to him. It's a trick. No, please. Must listen. I'm outcast. If I make peace, I'm outcast no more. Will you stop the Gotham attacks? Yes, please. Come to the castle. Please show them you want peace. Please. Okay, I'm picking up the Italian there. He said more than two words at a time. You're coming to the castle. So I guess my descriptions, I'm kind of exaggerating somewhat, but. uh... Well, I I mean, it's funny, too, because now I'm picking up like uh, Jar Jar when he's like, please, me. And all I think is Misa, Misa, (laughs) Misa friend. I'm going to be honest. The creators of Mario and George Lucas, uh, you guys got some explaining to do here. Uh, All right. So Jen and uh, Kara go to the castle and immediately get their land striders killed from the crab. She sends them to their death. Yeah, I know. She's like, (laughs) go fight those things. You'll survive, right? And they die for nothing because they don't get any of the podlings, you know. They get, well, they get one. They kill one of the crabs. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a fair. And knock them off the cliff with it. I know. I do remember as a kid, like when she had wings, I was amazed. Like what? But then we find out that she can only use them to float, and I was like, eh, still cool, but not. I don't have wings. Nothing, but... What? He's like, I don't have wings. Oh yeah. <laughs> We got to get this video thing sorted. Yeah, so they end up going through the dry moat and going through like the. uh, Actually, I don't know what they're going through, but like the catacombs of this castle, I guess. Like the sewer system? Yeah. Minus sewage. 
Oh, man. After seeing the dinner scene that happens earlier in this film. Yeah, I wanted to this, talk about that. And the Skeksis, which I mean, the dinner scene is awesome is, and kind is, of like really doesn't do anything for the film except explain it's the worse Skeksis. than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think. That is one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. It, it did something to me. Yeah, it made me just not want to see this movie even more, or even less. Brad, don't you have a thing with people chewing loud? Yeah, and it's, it reminds me of that Gary Busey movie where they're all eating loud and they're like, make, what was that movie? You reviewed it. You and Matt did. Oh, yeah. Um, not The Dangerous Game, but uh, oh, damn it. It's got iced tea in it. What's wrong with me? Oh, that sounds like a good movie. It's not the one where they haunt them, is it? Yeah, it's... Oh, you guys did that? I missed that one. It's a good movie. It actually is. It's I mean, Gary Busey's awesome, but uh, um, Surviving the Game, that's what it's called. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that film. Uh, yeah, but that scene, I know what you're talking about, the breakfast. Oh, God, that one guy who's like chewing his ham or his eggs, I can't remember, just makes you so sick. Or was it the dinner scene where he was telling the, ah, whatever. Uh, Gary Busey's got one of the best monologues I've ever heard uh, in a like action film like that when he's talking about his dog. Go back and listen to us talk about it. The bulldog story. It's amazing. So, uh, yeah. So they, they bump into Chamberlain again. Well, I guess we can. Is there any more you want to discuss on the entire dinner scene? Not me. I think I've got my points. It was just the grossest. One of the grossest thing I've seen. Yeah. So they, they bump into Chamberlain again when they they get out of the catacombs. And I like this this Chamberlain uh, kind of the most. This kind of like when he just gets irritated He's like, be friends. No, you don't want to? Fine. Smashes Jin and then just takes Kira. He's like, fuck it. I'm getting back in the group. <laughs> just goes right Isn't up. that when he gets stabbed with the crystal? Ah, yeah, yeah. That's when. Yeah, they... and then you realize that they're, they're connected. Yep. Because the other guy starts bleeding. Yeah, so that was that was definitely when you're a kid. They're like, oh, they're the same people. Mm-hmm. That's when, it, when I figured it out, too. And I'm like, okay. Then she's going to leave that little gelfling down there with the only weapon that could hurt them between now and eternity just well yeah he, he smashes them so I, I guess you know chamberlain thought he was dead yeah you're right like the only thing that could stop them is that shard but maybe he didn't know it was the shard i guess he didn't know he just got cut as far as he knew yeah but he, he squashed him good but uh jen is is resourceful he he survives but uh, i i love the whole like draining of the essence from these podlings, these potato people. But I especially love like when the new emperor like drinks the potato person's essence, turns young for like, I don't know, all of 10 seconds. And he's like young in quotes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Young uh, of these reptile bird monsters. Uh, And then he just like basically bashes his chemist. You idiot. It didn't work. Work better with gelflings. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> gelflings, you say? <laughs> no, they, I. The more I think about it, now I, I just have a soft spot for this movie because I grew up watching it. Same. It's a fucking horror movie. It is because the the essence scene is terrifying. I know they just drain the podling. They just get lobotomized, and like you're and now you're a slave. And so, what happened to the lobotomized gelflings? They just like kill them afterwards, or no? What? They just become slight. Oh no! They probably sucked all their essence out, like a hundred percent, sucked them dry. I'm sure some of them, because you don't want too many, uh, you know, podlings like just roaming around. Well, he's talking about the gelflings. There's oh. no gelfling slaves. 
Oh yeah, no, they killed them. I'm sure they sucked the essence out and then just uh, I don't know, like threw them down the tunnel. Yeah, it's like when you get a ketchup packet and you suck the rest of it out. You know, can't leave any. <laughs> and then you throw it away and think about how many people have touched that package. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, they do get Kira in there, and then you know the chemist is like, "Oh, let me take her. I'll suck her essence, and then you can be young again." And how <laughs> she's like, "Call, call the animals." Then when the the Skeksis falls down the tunnel and then you realize, like, how shitty is it if you're one of those mystics? He just, just like, fucking fuck. poofs and they look and behind gone. and they're like, uh. yeah, they don't even react. Like, uh. That's when I realize I'm like, this, you should have just murdered the fucking mystics then. <laughs> That's when I thought about it, too. <laughs> but no, I was saying about Kira, how she talks to the animals. I don't think she talks to the animals. I think she just starts screaming nonsense. She was like raised by herself, pretty much. Has no idea. She's just screaming and animals are like, wow, what is this thing doing? They just come up to her and hang out. Well, who writes the rules for these? You know, like what? Like she's got wings. So can the girls do everything? They got wings. They can talk to animals. They're like, you know, better at hunting and fishing and gathering, I assume. Uh, you know what? Boys drool. You need to get over your patriarchy there. Yeah, this movie's too woke for me, okay? I don't like it. <laughs> and you got to start burning it? Yeah. I need to get all the dark crystal coffees and burn them. People shouldn't watch this. This movie's too woke. Uh, these damn woke-ass puppets. <laughs> I I hope I don't inspire anyone to actually believe that. There's like one guy online. He's like, yeah, he's totally right. What was this movie made in 2022? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiots. Movie proof. This movie's proof time machines exist. Yeah, it's made right. it now and took it back to 83. Damn Jim Henson, that fucking hippie. I bet he thinks women should work in the work. I bet he hires women puppeteers too. He's probably on an island somewhere with JFK Jr. <laughs> That's right. Ted Cruz is hanging out with him. Hey, do you know my dad? There is a woman on the cast. It's starring Lisa Maxwell, which I'm assuming is the voice of Kira. Probably. What? They used a woman as the voice of a, a female character? Woke. Too woke. You'll be, you'll be surprised to find out that uh, Bart's been a woman his whole life. You shut your face. I haven't watched The Simpsons in 20 years. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, they're Kara and Jen then go to the crystal the crystal of truth uh with the shard but Jin, this fuck up he jumps on this the the crystal and immediately drops the shard I'm like, come on dude i don't think it's that the women are so good out of the race i just think jen's a fucking piece of shit yeah, <laughs> everyone in my comparison looks just like incredibly competent yeah, yeah. <laughs> while this is going on like the uh the mystics just roll up you know no problem whatsoever right at the same time so my question at this point in the movie, it was like, well, why'd they send Jen on this whole quest if he just could have rolled up right with him? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... He, they just sent him way out of the way. He's just annoying, and they're like, you know, we'll have him go get the crystal and bring it back. Well, what the prophecy... Like, they forgot to blow some sand away from the prophecy, because they're like, a gelfling will put the shard back in the crystal, but what it actually says, 
the dumbest gelfling on earth that will put the crystal in the shard somehow was the one to survive yeah the one idiotic guy left like damn it because his mom was smart again a woman the woke crystal that's what they should call this (laughs) (laughs) and then well the best part of the movie is when kara dies right am i right you know when she's the that's what you get for getting out of the the little muffin. How dare you there. be better than me? Yeah. <laughs> Again, don't be, don't take what I'm saying seriously. Uh, no, when she dies, and I was like, oh man, this idiot just keeps fucking everything up. At least he actually got the shard in. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping he'd drop it again. I've seen the movie tons of times. I know this ain't going to happen, but she tosses it and the dumbass drops it down the hole or he goes <laughs> to shove it in the hole, but he doesn't put it in the right way and it gets stuck. And then God they cut to it. the dog who makes like a fraggle rock face. <laughs> The Debbie movie Downer. ends, the Skeksis rule. <laughs> we're, we're stuck with these assholes for eternity. <laughs> and then the, like, I don't know, the ritual Skeksy, just, like, he, when he stabs her, I was like, holy shit, movie. You don't mm-hmm. care. I mean, Jim Henson and Frank Oz went out of their way to make, like, just the nastiest <laughs> Yeah, this was to the possible. point. You, you went PG, you're, you're, it was PG to R, and they went right up to the wall to get yeah. an R rating. Yeah, it makes sense why Hot Topic had a lot of merch. It's, it's all these kids who are watching The Dark Crystal. It makes sense it's now. It's real edgy. <laughs> I need Hot Topic and I need New Metal. <laughs> hey, you keep New Metal out of your mouth. <laughs> as long as you keep it out of your stereo. That's right. I said it, even though I listened to it. I totally listened yeah. to it. I mean, you had no choice back then. Like, what else did I have? Bob? Mean back, what do you mean back then? <laughs> I, I get your joke as he turns around he's like hmm, what should i listen to tonight corn or corn all right you and matt oh jesus um just watching dracula 2000 and looking at all your That's a great soundtrack <laughs> i know i knew it was gonna happen oh i remember that was like back in the day when slipknot burst on the scene too and i was like oh, okay yeah. i kind of was like into metallica mm-hmm. and my buddies are just like oh you're gonna love these fuckers and it's like it's like holy shit! You turn it on, and it's just a wall of sound that just punches you in the face. It's oh, nine people. One of the guys just plays the kegs. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking tight. Try splitting that sixty dollars door. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Oh, never I was should... talking to one of my buddies too, and he's like, you know, normally a band they after their first release they're really angry, you know. Then by the second one they'll be way more mild. He's like, no, they were even angrier in their second one because <laughs> they're splitting it nine ways. I'd be pissed too. I got 13 cents. <laughs> and some shitty nachos. They gave me nachos for dinner. Uh, watered down cheese. Mm. Yeah, so the, the Mystics and the Skeksis uh, just blend together and make this like white crystal being. I don't know what the hell these are. but Which is somehow more terrifying than anything else in this movie. Oh, yeah, because it would have been great if they just like would have murdered everyone. And just said, oh, finally. We're free. (laughs) That's actually someone actually split the crystal of truth. So these people wouldn't murder everyone. It was a Skeksis that split it in the drawing. Like on the the prophecy, it's a Skeksis with their sword hitting the crystal, but they didn't exist. So was it metaphorically that the Skeksis did it? Or are you saying a religious leader might be wrong about something? Possibly, possibly. 
Yeah, I wonder if one of the crystal beings, be. like, you know, was drawn to the dark side. Maybe. I don't know, Brad. I, I like to shut my brain off when I watch these things. Okay. <laughs> I don't like to look into it very, very much past Fabio. Even though you're the one who pointed out that the, the, the <laughs> <Yeah>. is wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the all the black stuff from the castle falls off and they revive Kira. And uh, the only good thing that happens in the movie is, uh, you know, Kira comes back to life and everything's good. And then they just leave. So, uh, yeah, where do they go? When the big guy's like, hold Kira close to you. And he does that stuff with his hands to Rezzer. Lily's like, it looks like he's doing the kiss, kiss, like putting the faces together and moving the kiss, 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 kiss. <laughs> I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. That's great. Well, knowing Jen, she would have came back to life and he was holding her in her arms and <laughs> just drop her. drop her down the hole. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> just see Arga or Arga, whatever her name is, uh, Agra in the background, just like, <laughs> yeah. They, but, then they just dip out and the movie's over. Yep. It's over. Well, I had a See question ya. too. Where did those those beings they disappeared into space like Connor McCloud and Highlander 2? They're just gone. The alien version. Yeah, they go like the aliens, they just floating around in space somewhere, I guess. I'm sure yeah, we'll so find out what they are in the sequel. How did they get split? Did they just come down to Earth? Well, not uh, Earth to uh, three to like hang out and they're like, oh fuck. And then now we're stuck here for a while. No clue. We'll have to find out in the sequel. Oh, yeah. Stick uh, around for the sequel, guys. Wah, wah. I mean, they tried to get the sequel off the ground like two or three times. Uh, one time lost financing. The other time Jim Henson was uh, too busy. And then finally, when Jim Henson passed, it was just like, well, this is over. And then we got something on Netflix, which I think shocked everyone. Like, what? I, they probably would have thrown like an extra scene with boobs in it for some reason anyways. So. <laughs> Because Jim Henson's known for that. <laughs> no, he's dead. So good Frank, thing they Frank Oz. Frank Oz is finally puppet sex. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting well, my whole life. <laughs> well, they would have known these guys just to mess with me. They'd thrown a clown or something in there. That'd make it just would have put me over the top. I mean, wouldn't even. <laughs> Do have you not like clowns? Oh, my God. Uh, no. <laughs> well, I, like... I know what's going on the list of what to watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got it. We got Terrifier. We got Killer Clowns. Uh, I, there is a Terrifier VHS. I got to wait for it to re-release. Oh, man. And Terrifier 2 is going to come out soon? Or, yeah, or did I buy out? Terrifier on VHS? I don't know. I got, I got like 20 more tubs of VHS to go through. My <laughs> girlfriend's a saint. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just had to make a promise that like occasionally on the shelves, there will be plants. It's like VHS and then a shelf with some plants and then more VHS. That That's our deal. Yeah, you like the dark, heavy plastic and she likes living, breathing things. Well, maybe not breathing, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> You're breathing. Uh, I think, uh, one thing I found fascinating in the behind the scenes when I was watching this was, you know, seeing Brian Freud in there and all of his drawings. He's amazing at it. And he draws a bunch of the pictures in the behind the scenes featurette. Uh, but then Jim Henson's like, well, we base the Skeksis off the seven deadly sins. The problem is we had 10 Skeksis, so we just used a couple <laughs> of the sins over. <laughs> so we had to invent new sins. Yeah. Republish funny. the Bible. It was a lot of work. 
Uh, that was the funniest part, but, uh, you know, I, you can watch the featurette on YouTube, so okay. it's pretty cool to see all of them busting their ass and building this entire world, which I just think is insane when you sit there and look at it. I mean, that's one thing I got to really give them credit for the world that they built is nuts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably got all the backstory and the ending, but they only filmed the middle. Oh, yeah, he spent so much money because they had so they were paying attention to the details so much and creating all this stuff. And Jim Henson in the featurette said, like, yeah, we probably went a little overboard because a lot of this is never going to be seen. And I was like, you think? Well, it reminds me of like a Terry Gilliam movie yeah. where yeah. he just goes overboard, like in uh, 12 Monkeys. They filmed the hamster on the wheel for like four hours to get well, the right shot. That's why you need like, you know, a hard like I'm sure Gary Kurtz like cut him off a lot of times. Like when you have these visionaries controlling the budget, it's a bad idea. You know, you got to have like a hardcore producer coming in. who's just like, no, I think we're we've made enough spoons. Let's call it a day. Everybody's hungry. (laughs) I don't think we should add more puppets. I think we got enough. Uh, So no, (laughs) it was a great featurette and I highly recommend it. So um, and speaking of recommend. We'll start with Brad. Do you recommend the Dark Crystal from 1983? You know, that scene in Team America we were talking about where the puppets excrete bodily fluids on each other mm-hmm. is somehow less disturbing than 95% of this movie's content. I mean, do I recommend it? I mean, kind of weirdly, yes, because of this, the genius behind it and just the effort and, well, just the the sheer quality and the genius and everything else that goes into it. I'm not going to ever see this movie again unless someone forces me to. But uh, if you're interested and you can tolerate it, I say go for it. Chris, do you recommend the yeah, crystal? Yeah. I, be warned, it's dark and yeah. it's, it's about a crystal. But yeah, it's it's almost a, a horror movie. It's right on the edge. Yeah. Uh, I love puppets. it. I, I love the artistic vision behind it i love the world behind it i love i love this gexies and how fucked up they are and everything but uh yeah i'm gonna agree with brad's part like uh or both your parts this is dark so uh (laughs) be prepared do not go into this actually i wish people would go into this blind because i would love to hear their opinion because they'd probably be like what the fuck was this just thinking it's a happy muppets movie and they're like what is this (laughs) Brad, didn't you recommend this? Wasn't this your choice? Yeah, he, this is Brad's choice. I, I don't know. I just make bad decisions sometimes. <laughs> For yourself. You know, this was, marketed, this was marketed as a family movie, but it's like, I think Robocop or any Schwarzenegger Sloan movie from the 80s is more family friendly than this. Yeah, it's like the point of this is to recommend a movie that you like, but know the other people would hate, not the other way around. Well, you're kind of just adding your own rules there. I, I just said like, yeah, I don't know. Put uh, what you want to no, watch. No, no, I meant if you're going to recommend movies that you don't like, you should at least make sure you like them. That's true. And other people don't like them. And then you're like, all right, that's funny. Maybe like when we it. put up a clown movie, it's just the torture Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like a lot of really shitty movies, so get ready. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. Like the next one that you picked is so damn good. So uh, that's for yeah, next week. Yeah, it is really good. But uh, all right, let's go on to the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. 
So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our Muppet, I guess, Jim Henson wing in the museum. Uh, so, uh, Chris, I'll let you go first. I'm just I'm just going to do the kissy hands. The kissy uh, hands. I couldn't stop laughing. Re- rewound it, watched it again. It's a great, great part. I love it. All right, Brad, what do you got? Uh, I was going to say Jim Henson's create Jim Henson's creativity. But I would also say like gross Yoda, Agra. She, her, since we're being all woke. <laughs> uh, I love that this is now the woke crystal. <laughs> we, don't, we don't use fucking pronouns around here. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you're going to put her in? Because that's a, a great one. Oh, I was just, yeah, it was like Yoda turned to 11. Yoda with sagging boobs. And struggles to sit down every time. <laughs> Sounds like she's shitting on the floor. <laughs> uh, I was just like, I, I like when I watched it this time, you know, I paid attention and I was like, wait, she's got saggy boobs and you can clearly see. Like, I'm surprised we can't see Nip. I was just like, oh, man, that's that's probably Frank Oz right there. Because, you my, know, my VHS is pretty dark, so I don't know. Oh, you got to watch it and. Well, I guess I didn't watch it in high def. Like uh, Brad saw the nips. I, I just saw the sagging boobs. You, you just saw like wrinkles. <laughs> Brad was like, oh, there was nudity, guys. You guys I actually I honestly thought Augur was a dude until like reading the recaps of this. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm telling you, just go look at the puppet online and you'll be like, oh, shit, he's right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. Frank Oz made this and he's a freak. Uh, I imagine like Jim Henson was probably like pretty straight and narrow, you know, like to smoke his weed and everything. And then he just met Frank Oz. who was just like a coke addict. He's just like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if we did this shit? <laughs> like, whoa. He's just an enabler. We've, we've made up so much shit here. I, I hope everyone knows that we're just making shit up. <laughs> we're going to see it on Wikipedia next week. <laughs> I think I think Analog Jones is not that informational anymore. <laughs> yeah, people got that. Wikipedia will be like, this was the this was the start of the uh, the wokeness movement back in 1982. <laughs> and it's with uh, college campuses thereafter. Provided by time machines from the future. Uh, I'm going to put in the Chamberlain. Uh, I, I know that's not his name. That's his job. So if anyone's out there like his name isn't Chamberlain. Yeah, I, we don't care. What uh, sin is he? I, I don't know. I think they're all greed, right? I mean, is his lying? Maybe. I mean, yeah, he is. They all a liar. Lie. They're all liars. A trickster. Too. I don't want to meet lust. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh no. That just oh. that settled in. That settled in like Agra sitting down. Like, oh, oh, that's rough. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, uh, I think that's a really good transition to what we watched. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I watched Prey, and I'm sure there's a lot of greasy, fat keyboard warriors who are complaining currently right now about how stupid woke it is. And I, like, I don't get it. Like, because you know, I've been saying this joke for a long time, and I love it because I'm making fun of these people. They're like, "Oh my god, the woman could never do that stuff. Could never beat a predator with like prehistoric tricks." I'm like, did you watch the first Terminator? Arnold might have had a lot of muscles, but he used tricks, (laughs) like traps. 
had to use his mind. And they went back to the simple story of the first one, too. I don't want to spoil, you know, like, I'll let you watch it. But, well, I guess there is no spoiler. And Predator comes down to Earth during, you know, I don't know, the the 16, 1700s when natives, like, probably controlled half. Actually, no. The French were there. I don't know what year this was supposed to be. 1700 something? Anyone yeah, know? Except for all the, the French settlers came. French would have been there like late 16, late 1600s, yeah. early 1700s. That was right around the uh, Cherokee Nation, right? So that would have been like North Florida-ish, South Georgia. Yeah. So, I mean, wherever they were blending, you know, the people hunting down, getting fur and everything like that. I, I guess they were just hunting bison the entire time. Oh, then I have no yeah. idea where this is at. Maybe this was like up in who? Oh, I haven't seen the movie, so. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, never mind. You were just being smart. Don't, don't let my ignorance distract you on this. So. <sighs> eh. Well, I mean, it was just a back to basics predator, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I watched think it's, it. I liked it a lot too. Yeah, and I, I think it you know opens up a lot of they can go in any time period they ever want to with a predator. They could go in the future. They can go in the past. So it's, it kind of mm-hmm. opens some stuff up, and I'm pretty sure we're gonna get some more. Uh, you can go to Hulu you can go and watch it. It can be in New York in the nineties. <laughs> the future. <laughs> we when we reviewed that movie, the one thing that we called out when they were like the movie came out in like, I don't know, ninety one, ninety two, and they were like, in the future of nineteen ninety seven. Like wh- <laughs> why do you choose such a like close future? Like you couldn't say like two thousand ten? I don't know, anything. They would have had to use more CG. That way they could just be like, you know, it's in a couple of years. Yeah, you know, guns got Same scopes. Future. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right, uh, Chris, what'd you watch? Oh, yeah, Prey. That was oh, the main okay. one I watched. It was really good. I liked yeah. it. People are talking about doing like Samurai. Yeah, version, it sounds awesome. I think would be fucking tight. They, they can do anything. Pirates. That'd be tight. Yeah. Future, future. But I mean. Future. I don't. Predator actual, playing future sport. Um, then We can go back a bit. Just not. Not. Not 2024, maybe 2026. Well, what if the Predator killed Dean Kane? That's fine. That's a fair movie. That would be yeah. like the sequel to Future Sport. Future there Sport 2, Predator's Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> it's the crossover event of the century. <laughs> but with uh, Prey, they released it in the native language. Yeah, I, I thought, thought that, that was really cool. cool. Oh, cool. Because mm-hmm. it is confusing. The French speak French and all the natives speak english yeah and the predator screams but it's like are they supposed to be speaking their native tongue but they just put it in english so that you know we know what the fuck the movie says uh one of the best memes that you know some like you know like keyboard warrior made up was pretty funny where they're just like you know after seeing the predator lose to a teenage girl i'm going to assume these predators are sending down as kind of like the the rich dentists that go like hunting you know wild boar or like rhinos <laughs> they're like the rich predators that actually don't know they're like they're good enough but they would get killed yeah. left on their own yeah they're the gen of their race yeah, oh, but I, I don't know. Did if you that bad? Did you notice how tech is are like primitive? His tech was compared to yeah, uh, Predator yeah. One. Yeah, That's what I love so I, I think it's like a, appropriate. They're not as advanced, and we're advancing with them. They finally yeah. viewed us as like equal prey. Is why they started coming. Yeah, it's fun, and uh, you know yeah. you get to see a predator go hunting. So I have to watch it. It's All right, good. Brad, 
what were you watching? So I, what I've watched, this is a few months back, but it's this uh, show on HBO called Winning Time. I think the book was called Showtime, but obviously HBO isn't going to use that title. Um, it's about the Lakers dynasty getting put together in the late 70s. Um, I don't know how realistic, how true to form, how accurate it is. I know Kareem and Magic and Jerry West had some had some things to say that it wasn't like very accurate, but sure is entertaining. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Jerry Buss is hilarious. Now I, I thought they were kind of open with like, you know, not all of this is true. I mean, they, they flat out say that they're like, yeah, some of this is true. Some of it's not. Sometimes you just got to make a show though. Yeah. Like as long as it doesn't damage the reputation of people, I think it, it's, it's fine. Well, yeah, Jerry West was all mad about it, and he was talking about he wanted to sue. Well, from my point of view, he comes off looking really good. I mean, that thing was just kind of a dumpster fire, and he's the guy who kind of captained the ship and got it through. But he was known as a party animal, so I like I don't know. I I wonder if he's mad because it makes him look dumb, or I don't know. See, I thought it made him look good. Yeah, so did I. I um, didn't watch it. Yeah, it's actually just a good show on its own. You don't even have to care about the Lakers dynasty or basketball at all. It's just really interesting to watch these characters. They have like they have the Celtics on there. They have a Larry Bird, and they have Doctor J on there. It's fantastic. Yeah, I actually think you know what I like about the show is like all their characters are flawed and still find a way to succeed, and in which they did. I mean, it's kind of incredible that first season and and all the stuff that happened before they even get onto the court is crazy. Oh, yeah. So I highly recommend that, to even if you're not a basketball fan. Is it an ongoing show? Yeah, there's going to be sequels to it. There's a whole bunch of things that happen later on, kind of culminating in Magic contracting HIV. Oh, shit. Yeah, I was wondering if Magic Johnson wouldn't like this because, like, it, I mean, it doesn't paint him in a very good light sometimes at all. But sometimes I don't think he really cared for it. But, you know, what are you going to do do? Um, at the end of the day? You still won the title and the rookie of the year, right? And no, wait, no, no, Larry. Yeah, Bird won rookie of the year. He won the title. I wonder what Larry Bird thinks about it, because like Larry Bird's character is awesome. (laughs) Just like dipping, (laughs) just like throwing down massive chompers like Skull and Copenhagen and drinking (laughs) Budweiser. (laughs) But it also shows that he's not racist. You know what I mean? So at the same time, I was like, well, that's a pretty good view of him. But anyway. Um, I don't know. Is that a spoiler? Whoops. <laughs> but uh, I recommend it. Uh, watch a show. So uh, that'll end it this week. Uh, guys, thanks for coming along on the Dark Crystal ride that Brad didn't like, even though he chose it. <laughs> you did it to yourself. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What have you done? All right. Let's try to get this. Remember to be kind. And rewind. And rewind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. It's better every time.